You're listening to Rust Belt Running. I'm Adam Wheeler. You can find me on social media at Wheels Up in CLE. Joined by Andrew Hedinger, who you can find on social media at Andrew Runs a Lot, and Matt Martin, who you can find on social media at Matt Mart Run. If you want to follow all of us, there you'll go to Rust Belt Running. Instead of starting you off with a bunch of ads, we're going to start you off with different ways that you can support Rust Belt Running. First is run coaching. Adam, why don't you tell us about it? It's personalized run coaching. It takes into account the schedule that you have to get your runs in, the goals that you have, as well as the base that you come to us with. You talk to us about what it is you want to be doing, the time that you have to do it, and we come up with a personalized plan that fits your needs, works on you towards your goals, and helps provide a bird's eye view on your training to make sure that you don't plateau, to make sure that you're doing the correct training that's appropriate for you, and to get you showing up on race day, confidence that you're gonna be ready to hit your race goals. We all know running in groups can be more fun than running alone, and your training can be the same way. So grab a couple of your closest running friends and we can train your group of up to five friends together. With a personalized group plan, you can get the camaraderie of being on a team, but the personalization to fit your group's needs, similar to our individual training. Click on the RBR Teams link on our website and go smash some PRs with your friends. And if you're looking for other ways to support the show, go to rustbeltrunning.com. There you can find different merch, t-shirts, bags, all kinds of things. Um, all of that helps support us and helps us keep bringing you new stuff on our social media platforms, to the podcast, to our training programs. There's more than one way to support our show. So this helps us keep this show ad-free, keep us from making you go to a Patreon to subscribe for stuff. We want to keep it free. But yeah, go to rustbeltrunning.com, support the show, sign up for coaching. We'd love to have you. Andrew, uh, how are you doing? What's the highlight of your week? Oh man, I, it's more. It's been a little more than a week uh, since we recorded, but uh, and it's been a little more than a week since I discovered uh, Impossible Meat. But I'm really excited that I got some at the uh, at Marks just now. Uh, it was on sale because the sell by date was yesterday. Uh, but dude, I don't know how they did it, and I guess that's why they call it Impossible Meat. But uh, it is so damn good. Have you guys ever tried it? I've not. Yeah, I've had plenty of it when I was. Um going on my healthy kick a while back adam put that on your list okay it's good it's 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 real good shit um yeah i but yeah i just got the the ground stuff so i can put it in pasta or whatever yeah for like environmental and you know just trying to you know health reasons trying to cut out red meat as as much as i can um i uh yeah, I've tried this stuff and it's freaking good the burgers are crazy my son loves them so yeah okay. unpaid uh testimonial i love impossible burgers and impossible meat um yeah so matt what's uh what's the highlight of your week matt um well we had some family pictures uh earlier this week and uh yeah we you know scheduled some nice pictures on the porridge legs beach and then we just got rained out um but we turned uh you know lemons into lemonade the the boys had a blast they're all dressed up and we just decided to make it a swim swim day so they're swimming in their polos and khakis and we got pictures of it so it was pretty fun last night we got to go to the rubber ducks game with the uh the karens so the karen and martin boys just uh you know wrestled each other for 3 hours during the game <laughs> up by the tiki bar but it was it was a fun time how about you adam Oh, it's funny you talking about the boys wrestling with the Karens. That's one of my that's one of my lasting memories from Akron last year was when you and JP got well, yeah, you and JP got done and the boys were just 
huge wrestling match there in the middle of the park. That was so much fun to watch. Uh, me, well, since Andrew went with talking about food, I'm just going to nerd out about my garden because this is that time of year where the stuff in the garden starts coming in, baby. I get made fun of for this all the time, so I'm just going to lean into it. No, it's funny. I, mean, like, I think it's awesome. I yeah. love it because I, I do it too. I, yeah. I, I didn't this year. I, it's just it's just funny. It's it, I don't know why it's just. Funny. I you know what it's like it's it's almost a lot like running. Like gardening is great because you put in all this work and it takes so much time for it to come like to fruition. But when it does, it's great because now like my fridge is stocked full of stuff from my garden and I got to start planning meals around that and I love it. See, I get to nerd out about my garden. Oh, and I stood behind oh, an Olympian you- last week. That was cool. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So did I. I we I talked to you. Yeah, she talked to her. Um, yeah. Uh, well, no. I, let's go back to your garden for a second. Like, yeah, sure. what, what's what, what's your what's your harvest looking like? Uh, if we're gonna nerd out about it, yeah, let's, let's nerd let's out. Uh, so a lot, a lot of snap peas, a lot of green beans. Um, I always grow herbs, so it's great because I can just go over there and just pick herbs that I need for anything I'm gonna cook. Um, my mom likes canning, and she likes canning tomatoes. So those are they're not quite ripe yet, but now you can see like all the different tomatoes that are coming in. Um, oh no, did we lose Matt again? This is going to be like a two and a half person episode, Andrew. Matt will just occasionally <laughs> just drop in. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's roll with it. Yeah. So it's, it, it's just, it's that stuff. I love that your mom loves canning. Like that just like, oh yeah, it, it's, it, it, I mean, it's just, you guys are two peas in a pod. Well, it's, it, it's wonderful. Every year there's an ongoing battle because, she'll want to can a ton and so she'll want to buy and i'm not joking like 40 tomato plants and i'll be like can we do it like 15 and so there's always a compromise that's somewhere like in the middle and then every year she's like oh this is just a lot of work i'm like yeah no shit i know i'm out here taking care of them so this is an ongoing thing where she goes yeah you know next year we're gonna do less and then i know we're gonna go to the greenhouse next year and uh she'll want to buy 40 plants again so dude i just yeah, we're very I'm much two pieces of pod there. <laughs> we need to start just a podcast of you gardening. Because <laughs> man, I, I could, I could listen to you talk about gardening all day. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just, it's just so funny to me. It's the highlight of your week. <laughs> um, Oh, man. So, um, so yeah, Matt is apparently going to be in and out because his internet is apparently awful, which is fine. We're yeah. just going to roll with it. Um, yes, we are. But uh, at least at least we have each other, Adam. Uh, it's like we always have. Yep. <laughs> but we we were you brought up we stood behind an Olympian. Yeah, the women's six k was uh, was last week as we record this a couple weeks ago. By the time this comes out, mm-hmm. and um, it was just a a awesome event to have in uh, downtown Canton. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Molly Seidel was there. And Seidel, I just said, oh, I hate it when people say that. Uh, Molly Seidel was there and we, you know, I got to, I got to actually talk to her, which was really cool. Um, and it, it was kind of funny. We were standing, I was with, uh, with Bethany Haver and Nate Perez and the dogs. And we were across the street from, uh, from Molly with, they, they actually spotted her. Oh my gosh. I have a video. It's I, I put it. It's the one I put on the Rust Belt running story. It was mm-hmm. a selfie video where I have her in the background, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, guys, she's here!" But you can hear in the back, like Bethany is just nerding out, like, "Oh my god, she's here! Oh my god, she's here!" <laughs> and, and then you hear Nate, who's like, 
here, why don't you take the dogs and ask her if she likes dogs? Everybody likes dogs. Like, so <laughs> Nate is like helping her game plan, like an in, like an icebreaker with Molly. It's just funny. But yeah, she's super cool. She really seemed to be like all about everybody not letting her walk more than three feet without taking a picture. Mm-hmm. Um, she was super into uh, to the race and uh, cheering on her teammates and compatriots. And it was really, it was, yeah, that was a really cool experience to have her, have her here, even though she wasn't running. So uh, yeah, I loved, I loved the event. Um, and as always, I, I did not feel Andrea Sanchez held up her end of the bargain drinking mimosas. Um, yeah, she slipped her down a little bit. Ooh, I had far more than she did. And it made, it, <laughs> made for a very rough day after that. I didn't but, even notice you were drinking. Yeah, yeah, that was your... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because um, I was there when he went for the second bottle of champagne. Nice. Yeah. Um, so Adam, what was your, your, your take on the event? That was your first time, uh, down there for that race. I was glad Uh, that I was there. I was glad that I was there for the hall of fame marathon a few months back because I had a much better sense of the area that we were in. Um, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was incredibly well done. You, you can tell how well an event is run, especially if you have elites at the event based on what they have to say about it. And, there were interviews with a number of elites after the race uh, as they were introducing them on stage and everybody just raved about the event, how well done it was, how much they liked the course, how much they liked being there. And that's a testament to what, uh, to what Tina and uh, Jim Chaney do putting that event on. Um, so I, I thought it was a really cool event. You really got a sense, even though it's this big USATF event, it still feels like a nice small kind of neighborhood race. And I love those. Like there's something great about being at a big race, but Something I love about summer specifically is just the opportunity to kind of hop around and do a bunch of little races. And it had that kind of small community race feel. And I really liked that. Yeah, it was, it was cool to see the, you know, the, the national elites race, but I think it was cool to see that all the, the local uh, women crushing it. Yeah. And, you know, the, yeah. I think the top five or top 10, you know, local women were just still blazing fast. So we've got a lot of talent in this mm-hmm. area and it's good yeah. to see them all come together and, you know, put it, put on a show. Yeah, I I think it's cool. I uh, I went up on I went up and talked to um, Annie Rodenfels um, after the race because she she was on the podium for the second straight year, and I just you know told her how grateful I was that you know she wanted to come back to Canton again mm-hmm. uh, and and um, get on the podium, and I, I just was very grateful for that because you know it's not a town people speak very highly of. And, but it's my hometown, you know, I know it's kind of a shithole, but it's my, it's my town. It's where I live and I chose to live here. And so for people to want to, for someone like her to actually want to come here and race is awesome. She actually told me, she's like, I I hope to come back because I I want this dub. And I'm like, yes, like, let's go. I'll be, I will be your biggest fan uh, next year if you come again. Cause yeah, to have somebody of, of her skill want to be here is it's just that's just really cool. So it's not, you know, that uh, when it comes to women's races, you have like the New York City mini and stuff like that that mm-hmm. are you know women specific and are huge and they're great and they they serve an awesome purpose. But that's it's New York. Everybody wants to go to New York and right. race. You, 
you might be going to New York next year and racing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like everybody wants to do that. You don't want to come to Canton. But Andy Rodenfels did. And I think that's fucking sweet. So, well, that uh, that was a big takeaway for me. And, and, you know, Molly brought it up because they they brought her up on stage, even though she didn't race. And uh, she was she brought up the fact that it's really cool to go to an all women specific race. Mm -hmm. And that she was really grateful that the event was put on, that she was allowed to come and just how cool it is to be at a women's specific race. And, you know, I think when you combine that with just that small community feel, because you're right, like people want to go to the big cities. They want to go to, or they want to go to like the big storied events that are out there. And yeah, Ken's like a little, it's like a little hole in the wall community that, you know, like you said, a lot of people just kind of like wouldn't even give a second thought to, but you you really got the sense, the people that were there, the the women that were racing, like they were happy to be there and they really liked the event. And that just, you know, as the event keeps rolling on um, and that word of mouth keeps getting put out i mean you're gonna you're gonna see this event grow in prestige and like i said i think that that is a testament to what tina and jim do uh, and it shows off a great part of our city too mm-hmm. and, and a lot of the work that has happened uh down there i mean when i first moved here we we talked about this yeah but yeah i mean all, all of northeast ohio was this way for a long time um in the late 2000s um when i moved to ohio the first time and it, it was everything was for lease. Everything that touched the ground was for lease. Yeah, there, there was no businesses anywhere, and it was depressing as crap. Now there's like cool restaurants. They re, they put that Centennial Plaza in, which is cool. Yeah, um, and you know they there's so, there's like an arts district now. We got breweries down there, and it's like cool. You got to show off like it gets to show off the best of us. And when it's a beautiful day, like it was. Uh, that day too it's just so much better like yeah. there was not a better place in ohio to be for my money than downtown canton and you don't get to say that very often mm-hmm. so uh yeah it showed off the best parts and um yeah i'm i'm stoked i'm i, I was just really pleased with it this i'm pleased with it every year but this year i was just ultra pleased with so um i i hope i hope the race continues i know there there's not a hundred percent certainty that it will um mm-hmm. but I, I hope it does so I think this year was the best. They just got to get a freaking announcer who can pronounce the names of our cities. Right. <laughs> or they got to go over with her. Like she said, Medina back to back years. I can't. Yeah. Pronounce pronunciation is not hard. You, we have done race previews on this podcast. And when we do them, we go, we find YouTube videos. We find out how these people pronounce their names. Like it's not complicated. Yeah, and I mean, and you're you're talking about towns like it, yeah. you, you got to know them. Like yeah. <laughs> it's especially in a place like Ohio, like we're proud to be where we're from. Yeah, like you can't like to say Louisville, it's Louisville. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it is here. Yeah, it's not Medina, it's Medina. It's, it's just it's it's. You know what? It I, just put somebody with her for five minutes and let them tell her because none of it's hard. Do you know what town name I actually don't know the proper pronunciation for? Because I've heard locals say it both ways. Hmm. Now, your your parents live there. How do you say, how do you pronounce that? Worcester. Is it Worcester? Because I've heard locals pronounce it Worcester. Worcester. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one that seems to have multiple pronunciations. It always threw me off because I had an uncle and aunt that lived there. And I always pronounced it Worcester as well. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think I don't think that one matters. Okay. Because yeah, I, I've heard I've heard it both ways when I'm out there. 
So. Okay. I wonder if this was just one of those things like being a local that I somehow had just, it had slipped past me and I was that guy that didn't know his own, uh, his own little neck of the woods. He knows how to garden, but doesn't know how to. That's right. The... I can't, um, tell, I can't tell if Matt is super interested in what we're saying or if his internet froze again. I hope that shows up on video. Um, so <laughs> like he came back and like nodded his head. To <laughs> Poor Matt. We should probably <laughs> just tell him it. to abandon ship at yeah. this point. Um, uh, one more try, Matt. <laughs> it sucks because I really want him on with the, uh, with the topic that we wanted to talk about. Today. Yeah. Um, you know, is uh, and he's back. We'll give this one more shot, Matt. If you fall off again, just yep. call it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we we're gonna we we kind of wanted to talk. I've been I've been battling a few little um, well I, I don't want to say niggles because this is more than that. I'm 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 fine for the first time in my running career. I'm actually like injured so to speak. I'm mm-hmm. not di- not sure exactly what it is, but pain significant enough to cause me to severely alter yeah. um, what I'm, what I'm doing. And um, I don't think it's anything that fully derails my, uh, my training for Erie or my goals at Erie. I do fortunately have a very nice backup, which is if I have to, you know, push a few weeks back, I kiss Boston 24 goodbye, but I can go for it at Chicago. Um, right. So I, I have a very admirable backup plan um, that I'm OK with. Uh, so that being said, um, you know, I'm probably on the shelf or at least like very easy running for the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's for a lot of runners, that's a big cause for concern. And I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not concerned about it. It's going to cast some doubt when I tow that start line at Erie, if all things play out, there's going to be doubt that runs through my head. Um, but Adam, you, you, you've talked a lot about it with me. Um, like what I'll let you kind of say it, um, when it comes to like why I don't need to freak out at this moment. And then we need to let Matt talk while his internet's working before (laughs) it shuts down again. Uh, yeah, I think just, I think the simplest way to look at it is that it's not about, it's not about like the, the two or three weeks that you're in. It's more looking at the body of work that comes before that. And it's a tough thing to process when you're going through it in the moment, because if the training didn't matter, we wouldn't do it. And so when you start talking about having to alter training or skip training, it's, it's understandable to kind of freak out and wonder like how that's going to impact what your race is going to look like. Um, and I think this is one of those things where you almost have to experience it a few times to see how this plays out before you can have confidence in the idea of sitting and it not having you impacted too much. But, you know, my, the last seven weeks before my Pittsburgh build and the last seven weeks before my Boston build were very similar. They were very uneven. I dealt with little injuries. I got sick here and there. My training did not go as consistently as I wanted to. And whether that was sitting out four or five days or whether it was having to alter training, uh, for a number of days, it didn't go the way that I wanted it to. And those are my two fastest marathons. And I think it's, it, it's because I had a lot of training before those periods where I could, I could back up and have, say like, Hey, I've built the endurance. I've built the speed. But I think the other thing that matters is that you have to actually get to the start line. 
And there is something to be said about sitting out and letting your body heal so that you can train as best as you can when you're ready to, as opposed to trying to push through too hard and then never actually getting to the start line because you make the injury worse or you alter your gait and other things come up. Uh, I just had this conversation with a client yesterday uh, who's battling just a little bit of Achilles issue. He said it's something that happens at this stage in training quite often for him, uh, but he tried to run yesterday and the Achilles felt okay, but he noticed a little bit of pain in his right knee. And I told him, just stop. Like we're gonna stop for four days because now what's happening is, is you're starting to slowly alter your gait a little bit and you're compounding the issue. So I'd rather have you sit four or five days or a week and we pick up without anything being wrong as opposed to trying to grind through this and all of a sudden we're building up these little issues that keep you from training consistently. Yeah, and like to add to that, you know, it's when, when we get a little, you know, a niggle or an injury in a, in a marathon training cycle, we tend to, you know, start looking at our, our current cycle and be like, wow, I'm going to miss, you know, this week and that's going to set me back, you know, this mm-hmm. much. But in reality, you know, if you if you look back at your your history from the last year, the last two, if you've been pretty consistent, this week is like not going to be anything compared to the amount of, you know, base that or foundation that you have from previous cycles or just, you know, running through the winter or, you know, um, keep staying consistent that way. The, the amount of fitness that you're going to lose in a week is negligible compared to the amount of recovery you can give yourself by just taking off and, and resting up and making sure you can get to that starting line. Yeah. The, the, the risk and then you take the amount of fitness you might lose over a week or even two, and you, you put that against the risk of greater injury. And it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense um, to to keep trying to power through something. It sucks. And it sucks when it doesn't get better or it doesn't get better quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, or you you go to your PT and you don't have an immediate response. Like I, I do, I do feel some, and I'm guilty of this. Like I was very guilty of this. I went and saw uh, Bethany at physio three, three O on Thursday. And uh, I, I'm guilty of, I gave this person money. I expect to be fixed now. Right. <laughs> like, and I went out Friday. I, I obviously I didn't go out Friday. Like, Oh, I'm a hundred percent. I went out to go, let's see how I feel. And it was not, um, it was not great. And so, uh, you know, it's easy to get discouraged when you're trying to do the right things and you don't see improvement. Like mm-hmm. it didn't run like at all, all week. And then I go see my PT and it's still not better. And then I run yesterday and it's still not better. And, um, not that I expect it to be a hundred percent, but I wanted greater improvement than right. I saw, but I did see some improvement. It wasn't always great. Like Friday, I didn't, I was, I didn't hurt for as long after my run as I did Monday. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, that's, that's not great improvement, but that is improvement. Yeah. Like to, to, to only be in discomfort for a few minutes, as opposed to days. Yeah. That's, that, that's improvement. No, there didn't feel the same. Didn't feel great during the run, but it's improvement. And that, right. you know, that's, I think that's something that you always have to keep in mind is like, when you're when you're battling something like this, you're looking for improvement, mm-hmm. and that that comes in all different scales and percentages. And 
Um, it depends on, you know, what it is you're battling, yeah. but taking time off and, and slowly coming back is always going to be this, the, the way to keep yourself most healthy. Mm-hmm. And, um, if you could somehow manage to do it without going absolutely insane and letting yourself doom spiral in your head, yeah. uh, then, uh, you know, that's, that's the best. I, I, I somehow have not doom spiraled yet. Um, do you think that's an experience I, thing? I, yeah, probably. I, I, it might be the thought of I can go after it at Chicago too. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I guess maybe it's having Chicago on the other side um, as a, you know, I don't think it's anything, you know, we're always concerned about the stress fracture. That's our biggest right. concern. I don't think it's that um, right. it's it's in a location that it could be, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't have like I, hopping is bearable. Jogging is bearable. Yeah. Um, so it, there's not signs that really point to that. There's something else going on, whether it's tendon or um, it's probably tendon related. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, trying to figure out where, what, and what to strengthen, but yada, 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 don't, that, that's irrelevant. Uh, yeah, I think my lack of doom spiraling may be experienced, but I think it's as much, I, I'm just far enough out. I know I'm in really good shape. Um, and last year I missed two weeks where I was sedentary for two weeks mm-hmm. and I came back and ran in almost 11 minute. Yeah. Uh, personal best and I'm in better shape than I was at that point. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, I'm not, and I don't have to be sedentary if it's two weeks. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. been a week already. So if it's two more, we're at three weeks, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I think if I can get this under control, I'll be good. Like I don't have any other aches and pains. Like I have been, this has been the healthiest I've probably been through any training cycle. And it's been the biggest training cycle and the most consistent I've put into this point. Mm Mm-hmm. And I felt great. Like yeah. I, the heat has got me a couple times on some track workouts, but apart from that, like I don't have anything that I'm really addressing pain wise, um, except this. And it's been significant and significant enough to throw me off more than I've been thrown off any other training cycle. Yeah. And I asked about the experience thing. Cause I think this is one of those points that, you know, unfortunately, plenty of people can say this. And I think until you have experienced it yourself, it's just, it's tough to, to see that it doesn't have to be the disaster that your, your brain can, can make it out to be. Because right. you have to have gone through a few training cycles that don't go quite as well as you want them to and come out on the other side and still race okay to realize like, oh no, like this really is about the cumulative effect of years of training that I've done as opposed to this small little moment in time. And, you know, I remember in the lead up to Boston, when things started to, to just go bad, um, I found myself suddenly grateful for what had happened in my build up to Pittsburgh last year, because I finally, I had that experience of, no, I, I've had a cycle that doesn't go quite the way that I wanted to. And I've seen that I can still race well at the end of it. And so when it happened this year, you know, I realized like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be okay. Like this doesn't have to be as big of a deal as you might've made it out to be. And that's one of those things where tough moments suck when you go through them. Cause nobody wants to experience a tough moment. You want everything to go smoothly. And that's just not the nature of a physical competition. 
Um, But what's great is that when you go through those moments and you come on the other side and see that you're okay, you then can go ahead and bank that experience and use it the next time through. And it makes it that much easier to go through. So it's that double-edged sort of, you know, it sucks to go through, but there's a payoff that comes with it. Um, You know, and there's something else I wanted to comment on too about you talking about how, you know, you've got to have those little improvements. Um, I think this is one of those things that, that runners keep making a mistake on when they keep trying to test things out is that you hit a certain point where your body's just simply saying, listen, I need time to reset. I need you to back off. Let me reset because taking three, four days off, taking a week off, like you've done, if you give your body that time to actually go through those improvements and heal a little bit, you hit a point where all of a sudden the healing gets to a stage where you're, you're ready to resume normal training. Whereas if every two days you're testing out, you're trying, you're figuring out if you can do it, you keep setting yourself back. And so it's like the hardest thing to do is give yourself that time on the shelf to heal, but to get to where your body can build up enough to where you're ready to resume training again requires you to do that really hard thing, which is just to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Stopping is hard. It's awful. It's Um, awful. Yeah. It really is. But yeah, I, so I think we say all this to say, um, there's no need to like, I, I, I want to, if you have a coach <laughs> that communicate this stuff with them before it gets too bad. Um, yeah. I, I, and, and you know, com- if you don't have a coach, like think about this stuff seriously mm-hmm. and, um, you know, like find somebody who you can lean on for, expertise as to what you should do, whether it's a PT or a coach or, mm-hmm. um, whoever, because you, you don't want to run yourself into the ground. Right. And I, I and you don't want to ignore, um, something until it's too great. I think that's one thing that I did do. I don't want to say I ignored it, but this is in a spot where I've dealt with some discomfort for really the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't anything, abnormal that I haven't that I haven't run through without mm-hmm. you know it just kind of you know just old guy old beer drinking dad <laughs> pains like that's what I got and yeah. it just has gotten significantly worse with higher mileage but you know like I you don't want to ignore um your body communicating to you that something's wrong and I think in the age of social media and wanting to qualify for Boston and um, do these things, I think it's very easy to ignore um, or like not wanting to disappoint your coach. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause so many people have coaches now you don't want to disappoint your coach that what disappoints me is when people don't tell me that they're, feeling a certain way. And then I find out when it's too late. Yeah. Like that sucks. Cause like, we didn't have the chance to correct this before it became a problem. Right. And, and it's like, why, but you kept it from me because like, you know, I, and it's like, no, like be real about these situations. Um, and in the moment and communicate either to your coach or to somebody else who can give you advice on how to handle these situations appropriately or else you do get to, you do get to that point where you're going to show up to your race battered and you're going to be very disappointed in the results. 
and you're going to throw away 16 or 18 weeks of painful work that didn't have to be as painful as it was. One of the, probably the most important thing we offer as coaches, I honestly believe is perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, we write our plans out, we work around our client schedules, um, you know, and I don't want to undersell any of that, but I think it's perspective is maybe the most important thing that we offer because, you know, one, we bring the years of cumulative perspective that the three of us have built up from our own running. But two then is we have a wide network of runners that we know, we have the athletes that we coach, and the more cycles and seasons that we go through, the more we come to understand, you know, the little things that actually aren't little things that can turn into very big things. And the understanding that, you know, what can seem really extreme in a moment, actually, when you take a step back, which is what our job is, and kind of look at more like from a bird's eye view, you realize like, no, this is as big as this feels right now, like, in a week or so, you can feel much different about it if you handle it appropriately. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that perspective is huge for getting our athletes to the start line, because getting to the start line and getting them there as healthy and as confident as possible is what we want to do. And, you know, this is physical competition. This is, you know, I've talked about this with Tim Pavlak, like so much of training is about walking that very fine line between doing just enough to train as hard as possible without crossing over the line. And there's going to be occasional times where you do cross the line. And that, that's just part of training. There's, there's no way to do this perfectly. We do it as best as we can, but there's no way to do it perfectly. But then it's like, how do you adjust when you do cross that line? And it's that moment that makes the big difference. So we found, or I had come up with kind of the coaching and like marathon training. It's like standing next to a, like a bonfire. (laughs) Like you want to get as close to the fire as possible without burning yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes the wind blows (laughs) and uh, you know, it's, there are things that are kind of out of, I don't want to say out of your control, like it's within your control to not injure yourself typically, because you can just do very, very little mileage, right? right. You're not going to get, you're not going to get the result you want on race day. And it's going to suck mm-hmm. if you don't do the mileage. Yeah. So you're trying, you're trying to do more. Um, but yeah, it's, that, that's kind of how this stuff goes. And sometimes it's, you know, when, to get burned by a bonfire, we're talking about a matter of inches, you know, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't have to take much. It can be just a couple miles here and there that, you know, did the damage. And that can be tough to find where those miles are and take them out. Yeah. And so, and, and I mean, everybody misses them. Um, but the, the more communication there is, the more honesty there is, um, the easier it can be to, um, you know, keep those miles off your legs. Right. Um, You know, another thing we were, we, you know, we'd kind of been discussing recently um, you and me when it comes to coaching. And I think this is, you know, relevant because, you know, we were talking about the, the base and the, you know, like how consistency, you know, I've had a very good two years since I, uh, you know, trained for those three straight halves. And Mm -hmm. um, you know, last year was, you know, outside of being sick and the tonsillectomy was, you know, the last two years have been awesome for me from a running perspective. And that, you know, consistency compounds is, you know, 
kind of what we always say as runners and that that consistency from that started in 2021 after I had my my surgery on my 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 boys um you know that 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 consistency that started after that is paying off now mm-hmm. and will pay off hopefully in September um but you know I think that's we've always discussed how we we want our athletes to take time off and I think we've done that to a probably to a fault um because it's really important that time that you're not training. Like we don't want people coming to us for 15 weeks, 16 yeah. weeks. There's way more to running than that. And, yeah. um, you know, we, we have one athlete. I shared a text message that she sent me yesterday. I shared it and she's, she came to run, came to us wanting to run a wine glass in October. She mm-hmm. signed up in December. Yeah. That's how you do it. Like we, we need, we need all that time, all of it to develop that consistency. Um, it's not other than that, we're just building you a training plan and we, you get to do zoom calls with us and feel important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's, that's all it ultimately is. And that's not yeah. what we want this to be. It's not a status thing. Um, we legitimately want to help people get better running and to just do it for, four months is not adequate we need we need to go after this for a consistent period of time yeah that didn't make sense. no it makes total sense and that was you know that was one of the big mindset shifts that i made um i was kind of there before covid but i certainly have adopted that after covid which is giving myself a very structured, uh, sort of slow ramp up to any sort of race training cycle that I do. Um, you know, it used to be that I would, you know, look at my cycle of 12, 16 weeks, whatever. And maybe a month before I'd say, all right, I've got to go out and I just got to start running. And I would just focus on like building up some mileage, but I was kind of starting from scratch. I would take multiple months off in between a, a fall and a spring race to start training. And you know what? I was younger. I could do it. I was okay. Uh, but as I've gotten older, I, I've come to realize just how important it is that this is a this is a year long pursuit, and that doesn't mean that I have to run fifty two weeks a year. I don't like I I like to take my time off. Like there was the one podcast that you and and Matt did when I was out of town, and and I listened to it. And you guys were talking about how I like to take like two to three weeks off totally from running, and how that's that's not exactly what the two of you do. But I I do it. He doesn't. Do he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, and it's not even so much the physical aspect of it. It's actually the mental aspect of it. It's Mm -hmm. just the whole, like I, for a couple of weeks, I don't want my life to revolve around my running schedule. I need that mental decompression. Um, but then after that, I, I pick right back up into it. And if I've got a race that's far enough out, it's less runs a week, it's less mileage, but it's still intentional with the goal of building up a, a base of strength so that when I jump into race training, I'm ready. And I think this is something that if you look at runners that are consistently getting injured, this is probably one of the reasons why, because the focus is purely on the race training cycles and not the time in between. And I would make the argument that injured runners probably need coaches more than healthy runners because odds are, if you're consistently hurt, there's a reason why we keep repeating that cycle. Let's figure out what it is. Right. Um, But then too, if you find yourself plateauing and you just don't have 
an understanding of why it probably has something to do with that time in between cycles. Yeah. I, I, well, and I, I, that, I, that was me. I was such a big, like just training cycle Mm -hmm. guy. I I would train basically from February to October and then do absolutely nothing November, December, January. Yeah. And then I would just start again. And everything was inconsistent because running sucked. <laughs> yeah. It's just like cons- consistency compounds. So does inconsistency. Yes. You know, it's like because running sucks because I haven't been consistent and I'm not strong. Um, so because it sucks, I don't want to do my workouts. Mm-hmm. A- and, you know, it's just it's this it's this ripple effect. And when you're not when you don't have that consistency and you miss workouts, when when you're removing like bricks from a wall and there aren't that many bricks there in the first place, that wall is going to disappear off. Right. But when we have, you know, the wall built out, we can take out a couple bricks. It's like Jenga, (laughs) you know, you, you can, you can move out some of the, some of the blocks and the, and the tower still stands. Yeah. You, you, you have way fewer blocks there when yeah. you're, when you're not, you know, being consistent. So I, I think it's, uh, yeah, you gotta, you have to develop that consistency and then you give yourself some room for error. Yeah. Um, it does suck. I, I, I was, I, the, o- the only doom spiral thing that I've thought is, and this was yesterday and it was while I was like trying to stretch out after my little, jog that i had the only Mm -hmm. time i'll ever say i go jogging um but uh i i was sitting there and i'm sitting on my living room floor i'm watching youtube videos of people walking around the carnival celebration which is what i'm going to be on in october (laughs) this is my Mm -hmm. life i just i I literally have you know we i used to make fun of my kid for watching videos of people playing with toys or playing video games i just watch people do like cruise ship tour videos and like stuff and and like in like cruise recaps so i get to see what they did in port like i'm no better than my 10 year old um it's just it's just but, a different it's a different toy it's a different experience that's all it's, it's, oh my gosh but uh so i'm sitting there doing this but I'm, i do think to myself for some like man this sucks because this is supposed to be the last time i do this like yeah. i i'm standing by i don't want to train hard anymore maybe one it, it, i really wanted this eerie because i get 24 and 25 boston if i hit it yeah and I'm like I can I can joyride this year and then I could maybe race it decently hard. I wouldn't do the mileage I'm doing now. I'd probably right. go back to it to more what I did last year. But you know, I'd, I'd put in a you know a decent cycle to go try to race Boston and see what I can do to the Newton Hills if I'm really trying. Yeah. And it's like, man, I this is just this is supposed to be it, and this is the first time I'm really like on the shelf. Right that sucks. Yeah. Like this is supposed to be the last time. And this is why, like, I, I hate this anxiety. Um, I have my anxiety about it's not really that high, probably because I keep just watching videos of people cruising and thinking about what I'm going to be doing in October after the week. Dude, what a three weeks I'm going to have. I get to run Chicago and run Chicago. Then I get to run Columbus. 
and then I get well. We'll see. I don't. Yeah. Columbus is becoming less and less likely by the day. Although maybe not. Maybe like this little break is making that trifecta more of a reality. It could depending be yeah. on how I come out on the other side of it. Yeah. Um, kind of throwing this like weird taper out right now, but uh, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Chicago, get to go to Chicago and then Columbus and then Miami to cruise. Um, the following god that's a solid three weeks that's a real solid three weeks um my vacation is like 40 days away now and god i need it 40 days seems so far so it's really funny because it does and there's like a double-edged sword here with how we do vacation because we used to do it in the middle of june and so it felt like a proper summer vacation uh you know now we leave right around labor day weekend and so it's it's that thing you get to look forward to at the end of summer. But I love summer so much that it's like 40 days seems like a long day away, but I'm thinking about all the things I still want to jam into the next 40 days because you come right. back and the last couple of years we've come back, like there's been a true transition of fall. And it hasn't been that it's gotten like super cool or anything comparatively over the 10 days that I'm gone. But like you come back and you can start to see like that subtle change in the leaves where like the they're not as bright, they're not as vibrant, the, the fall colors are starting to settle in and um, it just feels different. Yeah. And then, you know, fall around here can be anything from like last fall was great. We had like seven great weeks where it was it got cooler, but it was still warm. Um, it was consistent. It wasn't super rainy, but I mean, there's some falls where it's like you have 80 degrees through September and then you get like two weeks of 50 in October and then it's snowing. And so you just don't know. I don't know. 40 days. It seems like a long time away, but there's still so much I want to do in there. I got to find a job. (laughs) Yeah. We don't need to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. It's funny how you and I are experiencing just similar. I hadn't thought about it until you brought up Peloton and like how you like cut back to part time. Well, uh, you brought it up. You said I I got my Peloton job. Well, yeah, I brought. Yeah, you're right. I did bring that up. Um, But I I forgot how like they had like slowly like kind of stepped you down. And then as you were saying that, I'm like, ah, shit, that's exactly what this is. Um, (laughs) Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, It's fine. (laughs) Everything is fine. Um, just, I just looked and yeah, so it's seven weeks to Erie and this is why I think I'm not, and this is why I think I'm not freaking out because I'm hopeful that even if I do two more weeks where say I only get 16 miles and I do like four, four milers. Yeah. And then I do a week where I kind of, and I'm feeling better. So I do a week where I can kind of like taper back up. I can still have two weeks to get my mileage back there and still have an appropriate taper. Like I have enough calendar to still stay in the shape I'm in and get a couple yeah. weeks of good work in before taper. So I think that's where I'm kind. I think that's part of the reason I'm not like completely doom spiraling and KT tape exists. So I can just buy KT a lot tape of those exist. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I actually, so like I actually ended up extending my training for Boston by a week. So typically I start my taper three weeks out. The first week of that, I actually still did a couple of hard workouts. I did a race pace workout and then I did a, a pretty hard hill workout. Um, and I cut the mileage back on the hill workout, but I, I still did a couple of really quality workouts 
And but because I'd essentially gone through like a mini taper, like five and six weeks out, I didn't hit two weeks out and feel like I was tired. Like I felt like I had kind of put the icing on the cake with my fitness. So like you have that possibility because if you extend a week, you're not going to, you're not going to go into the last two weeks of training feeling like you're gassed. Right. You're probably going to feel fresh and feel pretty good. And then you're going to have that little bit of extra training that close. And that's why I'm wondering if maybe like if I can come out on the other side of this feeling closer to a hundred percent than I did coming in, having this little break and then, you know, a few extra weeks, like I'm, I might not, if I'm not going to have, you know, 16 weeks of almost 50 plus miles each week Mm -hmm. going into Erie and then coming out of that, you know, just battered from just flat ass Erie. Um, you know, I'm maybe I'm in better shape to do Chicago and Columbus on the yeah. other side of this than I was going into it, where it was just going to be hold on for dear life. Um, it's still not ideal. Erie has been my focus. I've been sure. singularly focused on that. Like I, if you t- like, if you've talked to me at all about like my race goals for the fall. I brush off Chicago and Columbus. Yeah. Like I talk about Erie, like that is it. Yeah. And, um, I, like even Bethany, my, my physical therapist, she, you know, is when we're running, she, cause she, she thinks I'm stupid for wanting to run and she's looking at it from a PT perspective. Yeah. Um, but she, she'll talk about Chicago and Columbus and, and you know, how I, things I'm doing for them. And I'm like, I'm not worried about them. Like yeah. those aren't, that's just a stupid idea of something to do. Like that's mm-hmm. all they are. Yeah. Um, and I, Chicago is not a stupid idea. I think five weeks is, you know, it's plenty doable. of time to, to say, I mean, I did Akron and then Columbus in 19. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying I'm going to go PR or BQ at Chicago. If I run Erie, I'm probably yeah. not, I'm probably not even going to try, but You're gonna need you to. know, co- Right. Columbus is a stupid idea. Um, and it's just, but it's just something fun and interesting and a different way to challenge myself without just trying to run fast, but they're not, they have nothing to do with my fall goals. I could take them or leave. I could take it or leave it on both of them. Um, Erie is what all my, the basket, all my eggs are in until Mm -hmm. now. But, um, I mean, I guess it still is, but I'm able to kind of alter. I'm, I'm kind of picking up some of the eggs now and wondering if I need to move them to a, move different, into a different basket. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, my focus has been eerie. It remains that way. And, but maybe, maybe all of this kind of allows me to, you know, have a little more fun in October. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Either, either way. Um, it's, let's see, I got countdowns going on here. Um, we got, uh, 49 days to, um, from time of recording this, we have 49 days to Erie. We have 77 days to Chicago. I got an ad because I'm not paying for a premium. 49 days to Erie, 77 days to Chicago, 84 days to Columbus, and 91 days until I'm on a ship in the middle of the Caribbean. Playing from Adam Wheeler's iPhone. Nothing's playing from my iPhone, Siri. Well, I would love it if it was like Celine Dion. That came out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a way to that, play out that, the show. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> to play us out. What does that mean to end the show? <laughs>
Oh man. <laughs> you know that reference, right? Um I can picture the I can picture the face. <laughs> we'll do it live. Yes. I'll yes. write it and we'll do it live. Yes. This fucking thing sucks. <laughs> Oh, Bill O'Reilly. Hard to believe he became such a pompous asshole on TV. He was always that way. Oh, man. Yep. All right. Well, that's it. We <laughs> talked about Bill O'Reilly for the first time. Time Matt's to go. Internet, Matt's internet is terrible, so um, he, he he didn't make it very long. At least he got a little bit out of him today. Hey, he had a really um, good point. He, he, he had he one really did. good point. He really did. And, uh, yeah, so... Uh, Matt, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Um, it was Adam, a treat. Uh, <laughs> it, it really was. Um, everybody, we appreciate you listening today. Uh, make sure that you are listening to your body and communicating any questions you have to people who can help you. Um, if you have any, if you don't have somebody to like ask questions to you can ask them to us we aren't gonna just be like oh you're not paying us for coaching we'll draw a line at some point yeah because like we you know it is a business but we want to you know be um we want to be helpful where we can Mm -hmm. so if you have questions about anything you're going through don't feel don't hesitate to reach out to uh to on any of us, you, you can reach out to us on Instagram. You can go to our website, restbeltrunning.com, um, and, and contact us there as well. Uh, and we, we definitely are more than willing to, you know, try to push you in the right direction um, if you have questions about pain or training or anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, but until we record again, uh, we appreciate you listening. Feel free to like, subscribe, review us on your favorite podcast platforms. Share us on your social media as well. That really helps get the word out about what we do. And, yep. Um, yeah, it'll, it goes a long way to you know maybe help somebody else. So, Adam and Matt, until next time, to all you listeners out there, enjoy your miles, everybody. I love my log. <laughs>